Welcome to the Italian Wine Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Vinitali International Academy, announcing the 24th of our Italian Wine Ambassador courses to be held in London, Austria, and Hong Kong from the 27th to the 29th of July. Are you up for the challenge of this demanding course? Do you want to be the next Italian Wine Ambassador? Learn more and apply now at vinitaliinternational.com. Welcome to this special Italian wine podcast broadcast. This episode is a recording off Clubhouse, the popular drop-in audio chat. This Clubhouse session was taken from the Wine Business Club and Italian Wine Club. Listen in as wine lovers and experts alike engage in some great conversation on a range of topics in wine. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps cover equipment, production, and publication costs. And remember to subscribe and rate our show wherever you tune in. Welcome to Clubhouse. I am taking over Clubhouse today for Stevie Kim. Uh, she is off trekking somewhere in Trentino. Last I heard, she was going down some kind of a mine shaft to check out some wine. It all sounds very cool, but I'm sure we'll get the blow-by-blow uh, the blow when she gets back. So, right, Clubhouse, here we are. Uh, today, we are actually, before before we, uh, Monica, how do I say your name? Z- Zakruska? <laughs> Zakshetska. Z- okay, one more time. One more time. Zakshetska. Zakshetska. Okay, well. <laughs> it's impossible to say. <laughs> it's very cool though. Okay, so today we have Monica interviewing Sofia Ponzini yes. and I am going to give Monica a very quick introduction before I hand things over to her so that she can introduce and interview Sofia. But um, before I do, um, I just wanted to quickly mention one or two things. Obviously, that this episode is being recorded and it will be replayed on the Italian Wine Podcast in the next weeks. And the other thing is we do that just because it it allows people who are not in this time zone to to listen to it. So the other thing I wanted to mention, it's completely unrelated, but I wanted to mention it now, is we have an award opened uh, for voting for Fantastic. listeners. Of, yeah, for the Italian Wine Podcast. And the, the time that the, the listener nomination period will begin July the 1st to July the 31st. So um, I'm just sort of announcing it to put it on people's radar. Basically, we are going to announce it through social media. And of course, there will be a link on the italianwinepodcast.com uh, where you know I'm hoping that listeners of the Italian Wine Podcast will go and vote for the best podcast listening platform. So I really hope that uh, by telling everybody and anyone every day for the next 10 or 11 days that enough people will go and quickly vote. But uh, so that's, that's, that's coming up soon. So, okay, I've done, done my bit. So Monica, how are you? I'm fine. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. You have uh, a lot of 
experience here. I, I mean, you know, you, I, I could just read it. I always want to 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 say one or two things, but there's just so many things. Um, you know, you're you've been in sales, wine education, acquisitions. You still are rather uh, distribution. Um, just so much stuff, and um, I could just read it all, but it would take forever. <laughs> <laughs> but you are an international Avia ambassador, yes. certified sommelier with FISAR, Fondazione yes. Italiana Sommelier and Ristoratori, a WSET 3 holder, um, just so much. You're also born in Poland. And yes. um, after you graduated, you lived and worked in the US, in the Ukraine, Ireland, and Italy. So you speak yes. a lot of languages, which is really cool here. I see Polish, Italian. English and Russian. That's crazy. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I love to speak languages and learn. Yeah, no, that's cool. <laughs> well, it certainly opens up uh, the world a lot uh, when you can communicate with different cultures. It's great. Okay, so, and, and yeah, you know, traveling and all this stuff it brought you to wine. So I wanted to, to ask, how did you, um, how did you first um, uh, meet or uh, hear about Sofia Ponzini? Um, and, and why is she your favorite producer? So I met Sofia Ponzini uh, from Tenute Bosco uh, during Vin uh, Italy um, a few years ago. I tried her wines. Um, obviously, I liked them. And then I had a pleasure to, to visit her vineyards. And it was amazing uh, experience because... Uh, uh, Sophia is a lucky one who has a prephylloxera vine. So all the all all of that um, took me to this uh, decision to to choose to to choose her wines and to to tell tell you all of you about her wines from Etna because Etna is an amazing place. I'm crazy about Etna. So. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, and um, what what are the, uh, as you know, Stevie loves the learning objectives when it comes to these conversations. What, what, what do you think we are going to take from this conversation or learn from it? So I hope that uh, those uh, wine lovers who don't know Etna uh, Wines yet, uh, I will try it my small try to undiscover this this hidden gem and um, promote this amazing territory of Etna um, because I think that Etna wines have huge potential and everybody knows, uh, supposed to know uh, wines from Etna. So definite, definitely kind of uh, discover this hidden gem, uh, educate people and Try Etna wines. They are incredible. Thanks, cool. Amanda. Okay. Um, so so uh, before I hand you over, uh, Sophia, are you there? Yes, I am. Hi, Sophia. Hi. So I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm Hi. going to um, mute myself in just a moment. And before I do that, I just wanted to say at the end, I'll come back. If we have some questions, um, then we'll do that. Um, but until then, I will, um, I'll talk to you guys after. Uh, so let me introduce maybe Sofia Bontini, uh, the wine producer of Tenuto Bosco. Uh, Sofia, help me if you, uh, if I will uh, not mention something. Uh, I will try to be short because we have plenty of questions regarding your wines. 
So as far as I understood, uh, Sophia, it, it's not an analogist. Yes, of course. Uh, you are graduated in, uh, in languages? Uh, literature. What? Foreign literatures. Okay. Yeah. And uh, the winery was born in 2012. That's the date of your first threat. Is it correct? Yes, perfect. So as Sophia was was telling me, uh, her story is very nice because, uh, uh, as I uh, as I understood her, her love to wines grew with her because when she has a she was a child, her her uncle was making wine, and uh, he was inviting her uh, to participate in the in in harvest. So that's the beginning of the story, Sophia. It, it was in this way. Yes. Yes. This way. So, okay. so when it was your first harvest, how old was you? Ah, when I was six years old, I think. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then after many many years, you decided to to produce your own wine. So we are going to two thousand and twelve. Mm -hmm. uh, Tenute Bosco produces four wines. Yes. Uh, Etna Bianco, Etna Rosato, and two reds. Yes. Uh, and one, it's a crew, it's uh, made from Prophyloxera vines. Uh, yes, right. just from uh, endemic grape varieties. So maybe uh, maybe it's better if you will tell us a bit uh, about Tenute Bosco. Okay. Where, what, what happened that you decide to make wine, your own oh. wine? Yes. Um, so um, the beginning of Tenute Bosco, as you told, was uh, around 10 years ago. Um, more specifically, my first bottle of wine was uh, the, the Etna Red, my Piano di Dine Etna Red, 2012. And the grape was uh, from the main Piano di Dine in Solicchiata. Uh, just on the northern side of Mount Etna, where the, the, the my history in wine began. I'm uh, not an enologist, as you told before, but I've decided to start for a sheer passion. Uh, when I was a kid, I had um, a relative that made wine just for the family, not to sell. Um, and he called my mom every year and invite us for for the harvest on the late October. So for me, um, make wine uh, became uh, like a, a ritual, a moment of joy and uh, sharing uh, that um, is uh, in my life when I, when I was uh, six, when I was a, a little girl. But uh, there is another reason, <clears throat> more complex. I would like to give back something to my island, something to my city, Catania, that needs to be known uh, all over the world for the beauty of, it, of this territory, for the history, for the culture, and of course, for the unique wines uh, that we have on Etna, that we make on Etna. Okay, so uh, I have another question from your past. So uh, the harvest you, you were doing with your uncle, you were still on Etna or a different part of Sicily, where the, the vineyards were located? How it yes. happened that you chose Etna? You're from Catania, so... Obviously. Yes, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm from Catania. Um, and uh, the harvest uh, was uh, on Etna. Because if you are, if you was born in, in Catania, you can go for the sea or through the mountain. 
Uh, so yes, the 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 one year of my uncle was on uh, up on Montana, not okay. uh, exactly in Solicata where I am now, but yes, on on the northern side of Montana. And could you tell us a bit more about those uh, uh, about the location of your of your vineyards? Uh, Yes. Um, uh, the, the, as we know, that the Etna Etna slopes there are uh, the the vines is cultivated on different Etna slopes. So, so mm-hmm. what is the specific location of your uh, vineyards? Could you tell us a bit more about the terroir because it's so so um, Different, uh, different zonation. So in, uh, incredible terroir on Etna. It's it's very interesting. And then the expressions of terroir in the wine. Could you tell us a bit more about all of that? Yes, of course. Um, the um, just with the the area of production, because the Etna side is like a backward sea. I'm on the north, and there are other parts in the south, east, and west part. Um, the north side, where I am, is um, characterized by steep slopes, uh, so many terraces that climb the side of the volcano, and um, slow and late uh, ripening period, as I told, that make uh, our work uh, very, very challenging. But the really important uh, things of our side, of the northern side, are the altitude, because, what is uh, the elevation of your vineyards? Yeah, um, we are in two different contradas. So we are around 650 meters above sea level in Piano dei Daini in Solicchiata and okay. uh, more than 700 meters in Passo Pisciaro, Contrada, the main Santo Spirito. So uh, it's around 650 and 750. And this is really, really important uh, for Etna wines because Etna wines, yes, are Sicilian wines, but are, are mountain wines. So the altitude is one of the best uh, thing uh, characteristics of, of of Etna. So, um, so altitude... I imagine also the climate. It's not really Mediterranean, as everybody could think. Okay, we are in Sicily, full of sun. It's more like continental, or yes, of How course. You... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Because, um, yes, the, the, the altitude, yeah, as I told you, um, but also um, is more continental also for the exposition because okay. we have, yes, we have the sun, but also the mountain range of uh, Nebrodi and Peloritani that with the, the volcano, with the Etna, create um, very good climate conditions and protect the area from the cold winds uh, during the winter. But also we have another thing that's really, really important. We have the Valley of Alcantara. That is okay. really important, uh, not uh, just like uh, the mass of water, but for the depression of the ground that makes fair winds that blow into the valley and during the, the night are moving to the sea. So uh, the, the climate, it's really, really continental, not only Mediterranean, as, as you told. And also another very important thing um, is the soil, the ancient volcanic soil uh, born from the different and intense eruption followed during, uh, during the years and uh, very, very, very rich in minerals. Um, and also another things are the, the delivery 
that every year we have of fresh minerals by the ash of the volcano. Uh, this is this is a great uh, great terroir to, to make wine to to cultivate um, vines. I heard when I was visiting uh, Etna, you were describing. Um, Repeat do. Could you tell us a bit more about this repeat do? Yes, uh, it's like a Sicilian way to say yes, like um, little lava stone rocks, very little dry lava stone rocks um, that are very typical. For example, last year, no, this year, we had uh, like 51 little eruption that that give us. Uh, this little repeat and the little ash on the volcano on the yeah on the one year directly on the one year but it's not uh, not penalizing the, the the grapes or the the yeah the the one year uh, because in general uh, this create um, new uh, new um, nutrimento new nutrition yeah new nutrition for the, for the vines And uh, another important thing of my side, the northern side, is also the, the range of temperature between day and night that make uh, more continental. Uh, so I presume it's a huge difference between the temperatures during the day and during the night, right? Yes, perfect, perfect. Uh, that makes slow and gradual grapes maturation and uh, very balanced and complex and elegant uh, and elegant wine, as you know. But uh, okay. yes, we have also other part uh, of the ethnodoc side. Just uh, for example, the south part is divided in other two: the east part, southeast, and southwest part. Okay. Um, the southeast part uh, have uh, young soil formed by extinct, extinct um, volcanic cones and okay. it's like uh, it's look the the union the union sea it's a bit cold and rainy but uh, there is a good production of white ethno wines because uh, um, the red uh, the, the red grapes don't reach the full maturation in that side And uh, there are, for example, you know, the Bianco Superiore is a yes. geographical mention, uh, the mention that um, we gave for geography that uh, we can find in Milo, the Bianco Superiore. And the like Milo is in the southeast. Benanti, yes, right? yes, perfect. The southeast area. Um, mm -hmm. Another important part of the Ethnodoc is also the southwest. That is an um, ancient land, the land with an ancient soil with a regular shape that uh, slopes uh, regularly down to the plain of Catania, la, um, the, the city of Catania, and is protected from the sea, but uh, uh, because it's looking to Catania, it's a bit warm, but compensated uh, with the altitude. This is okay. the ethnodoc side. So, so um, I will... I will make a tricky question. So can we say that your uh, northern slope where your vineyard is located are more vocated for red red wines to 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 help uh, help us to better understand uh, all this richness of of uh, Etna's terroir? Oh, the Etna northern side uh, is the most ancient. Uh, I don't know. It's 
if it's better with white or red. I think it's um, the, the most oldest, but it's a good area. But all of the Etna side are very interesting and with different uh, characteristics. I think this is a, a big value for, for the Etna in general. Okay, so you said they all the so. Uh, do you have some information uh, since when the, the vine was cultivated on Etna, on, on, on your slope? Oh, very, very ancient times. Very, very ancient times. Like in Greek times, for example, the, um, the alberello. Is Which the, is the, okay. It's a bush train uh, system, a training system used in on Etna, yes, right? Yes, why do you uh, Why do you use it? But could you tell us is, a bit more what, what why this choice to 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 use uh, to prefer alberello bush training is the ancient system, uh, system um, from Greek viticulture. Yeah, because okay. the name alberello is a a low bush wine. It came from the shape that the vine takes uh, on during during the growing. Like a fact. small tree, right? Because yes. in fact, in yes. Italian, alberello, it's like, we could translate it to small tree, yeah. right? Yeah, it's a small tree uh, with a short trunk with a variable number of branches. Um, and the adoption of this ancient uh, form came, in fact, from uh, from the Greek viticulture. So it's really, really ancient. And the standing bush method was born uh, um, just to protect the vines from the shade and the humidity. So it's really, really ancient. But you have very special um, a part of vineyards and vines. You have Prephyloxera vines. I remember when I visited uh, your uh, your vineyards, I was impressed. I felt like I would be uh, in the museum, uh, on the opener, the Museum of, of Vines. Could you tell us uh, how old are your vines? More or less, uh, do you know? Could you could you describe uh, approximate age of your of your prephyloxera vines? They are like a sculpture. It's amazing. Yeah. I really invite you guys to visit uh, Sophia's uh, vineyards just to to see those those ancient vines, prephyloxera vines. It's it's really impressive. Yeah, it's incredible. Just for me. <laughs> every day to see um well on Mantefna we have so um, we have some um prophylaxis vines um and it's plants. because of the of the of the soil right because yes. it's very sandy full of minerals that's why the vines yeah. were saved from prophylaxis pest is yeah. it correct yeah yeah it's uh, rich in minerals but with sandy matrix and uh, therefore was uh, re resistant to the phylloxera root pest the phylloxera arrived uh, in the late 1800s from america and uh, unfortunately destroyed many many wards in europe so uh, on mount etna we have uh, so many prophylloxera vines that we have uh, till now yes for the for the soil for the altitude, for so many things that protect uh, the, this attack, terrible attack. And you're the lucky one that you are making the your yes. red vico from prophyloxera vine. So, yeah, there are so you... like. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go ahead. So, how, okay. 
what do you, did you make any any analysis of your of your uh, vines to to understand how old they are do you have to take care yeah. of them in this special way yes we have tried to make some uh, dendrochronological analysis to have the age but we don't have a specific number have a number, a specific number, but in the winery in Santo Spirito, um, that is a natural amphitheater with 27,000 alberelli, in part prephylloxera, and there are some vines uh, that you have seen, higher like me, that enter in the old dry lava stone wall and next on the other side to make another yeah, plant. It's are incredible them. places. So are centennial, but uh, we don't know the, the exact number, but are very, very old. It's a special place. You can feel the energy of the volcano and the, and the history of that place. It's incredible. Okay. And as you are doing, uh, as you are making your wines and you have Vico, your uh, your your crew, can we call it the crew, Vico, from Prefiloxera Vines. Um, could you tell us a bit, a bit more about this, uh, this, this uh, wine? Why did you decide to make it? And uh, how many bottles do you produce? It's, yeah. As far as I noticed, every year you receive great uh, recognitions. Every year, Trebicieri, congratulations. Thank you. Um, yes, the Vico is a very special selection. I produce uh, around 3,000 or maximum 5,000 miles bottles, depends on the vintages. Um, the first bottle was the 2013. Uh, the 2013 was a um, rainy and humid vintage on, on Mount Etna, different from Italy, that was almost good. But uh, the Vico is a selection. Uh, from the higher and rocky part of the vignette, the, the one yard in Santo Spirito. And uh... thank you for listening to Italian Wine Podcast. We know there are many of you listening out there, so we just want to interrupt for a small ask. Italian Wine Podcast is in the running for an award, the best podcast listening platform through the Podcast Awards, The People's Choice. Listener nominations is from July 1st to the 31st, and we would really appreciate your vote. We are hoping our listeners will come through for us. So if you have a second and could do this small thing for us, just head to italianwinepodcast.com from July 1st to the 31st and click the link. We thank you and back to the show. We so what do... great varieties uh, you use? Maybe not everybody knows how it's made. Uh, yeah, just nothing great varieties. It's uh, Nerello Mascalese and Nerello Cappuccio. 90% Nerello Mascalese and 10% uh, Nerello Cappuccio. And okay. there is a selection that we make uh, directly uh, on uh, on the vines uh, during the harvest. So uh, it's a really, really, really special. And Parker, for example, said that 2016 vintage was uh, one of the top 100 world discoveries. And uh, I'm very, very proud about it. Great. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. But also I produce another red that is um, another trip of Mount Etna. 
because these reds, my reds, are really different. Um, you can imagine that the distance is uh, between uh, one, the two contradas is around uh, less than 10 minutes by car, one in Solicchiata and one in Passo Pisciaro, but uh, the, these reds are very, very different. Uh, the vinification is similar. Um, they are 90% Nerello Mascalese and 10 Cappuccio, uh, but, uh, but are really, 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 really different. Uh, the Nerello Etna Red Piano dei Daini comes from the Appunto Solicchiata, Contrada Piano dei Daini, um, and is the everything you can, uh, you would like to find in a glass of Etna. It's fruity, you can smell the ash of the volcano. It's uh, really, really elegant. But the Bico Crew, it's more complex, more intense, uh, with balsamic note, uh, a bit deeper, very, very different threads. I think that is a um, big uh, uh, characteristics of Etna, the difference between the Contradas and the varieties. Uh, Great, that sounds really interesting. And what about those two different Contradas? Where are you located? Are they yeah. similar or completely different? Yes. Allora, Tradas are a bit similar because... But, for example, uh, the Piano dei Daini, the Contrada in Solicchiata, is uh, lower in altitude, a bit lower, around 100 meters. is uh, uh, more airy and open in exposition. The Santo Spirito in Passo Pisciaro is higher 100 meters more, so 750 meters above sea level. It's a bit closed, but the altitude is different and also the soil because of the, the main eruption that uh, followed during the years. And also other things really, really important that makes uh, the two reds so different uh, are, is the age of the plants. In Santo, in Santo Spirito, as I told, are centenary. And the Vico is uh, it's, uh, also a, a selection that we do during the harvest direction on plants. So um, the old vines and this uh, maniac selection give a special character and uh, different personality to the wine. But the Contrada are really, really similar. The Vico, um, the Contrada Santo Spirit, I think, is more uh, with sandy matrix. Comparing to, to the any yeah. other uh, at Nanos. Yeah. To the to the comparing to the piano, to the piano, 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 piano. Piano. yes yes okay it's more balsamic it's really different but the general characteristics are the same of the two contradas because are on the northern side of, of the volcano and what about your other wines you're doing at Bianco and rosato which is which is one of my favorite roses by the way yeah I know I know. Um, yes, I produce the Etna Bianco, uh, is um, 90% Caricante, 10% Cataratto Grecanico in Solia, and uh, also a little bit of Minella, just autochthon grape varieties. And um, I choose the grapes from the both of my Contrada, but uh, it's a very simple wine, it's, uh, just a passage in stainless steel, no good, nothing. It's a vertical wine, uh, pleasantly persistent, uh, but really, really balanced with the typical acidity and minerality of the Etna wines. Um, 
with, uh, of course, indigenous varieties. For me, it's really important to have, uh, have varieties of our, of our terroir and to exalt also the, the, the biodiversity and, uh, and, and Mount Etna. So uh, the other wine is the Rosé. The Rosé is 100% Pernarello Mascarese in pureness and comes from the um, Santo Spirito, but uh, from the lower and biggest part of the vineyard. Uh, when I decide to make Rosé, I mm, choose with agronomist studying to make rosé from the lower part of Santo Spirito, uh, for the um, the richness to the of the um, of the vines, and also the rosé don't have passaging uh, wood. I don't use barrique. I don't use tonneau, but just uh, stand still. It's stand really really still. particular. Yeah, it's uh, really really particular the color. It's really light because we have a fast maceration with the skins around uh, three hours um, and separating it from the, the gross leaves statically cold and uh, the vinification yes in uh, in stainless steel uh, at least for 10 days but the the best things that uh, i can do for the Vietnam wines is the battle my wines remains for uh, the rosé for example for a minimum of six months in the battle um, you can imagine now we are selling the rosé 2019 that uh, last year was awarded with the first Italian rosé by Autochton Awards. But it's a really simple rosé, but as a wonderful character. It's uh, not just like a rosé for, you know, a P-hour appetizer. It's, uh, it's a wine with a, a great character, with a big acidity, like the Etna rosé and as. And uh, it's good for all uh, dinner, for a gourmet dinner, for example. I love my rosé with uh, tartare, beef tartare, or uh, the cheese, uh, of goat cheese, for example. I love the rosé of Montecna. are very remarkable. And uh, and also with a big uh, um, edge potential. Very, okay. very big edge potential. So, uh, if somebody would uh, like to buy your rosé, uh, so what do you suggest for how many years uh, your wine can be uh, kept uh, in the cellar and then drink after how many years? I don't know. It's difficult to keep you, for example, 10 years, 20 years. I don't know, because I've started uh, around 10 years ago. But some days... In uh, 2015, white Etna organic Etna white wines, and it was great. So, in general, uh, we have a great potential, great uh, age potential. And also what about for the, the white and the rosé. Did, did you make it ver vertical uh, tasting? Uh, yes, not recently, but now the release of the Vico Crew is 2016 and is a baby. <laughs> so tell us how do you make it uh, both maybe kind of comparison between red uh, Vico and what is um what is the the style of of the production of those Etna reds yeah um the production of the two reds uh, is uh, is very 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 similar um 
every, every um, the piano dei daini is 90% nero mascalese and 10 cappuccio and also the vico 90% mascalese and 10 cappuccio the difference are the the contradas and uh, and but the style in vinification and it, it's uh, is the similar um because uh, the, the the two reds had the passage in big french tonneau oak but the first red for around 8 to 10 months depends on the vintages the vico crew a little bit more uh, around uh, 10 or 12 uh, months uh, in big french tonneau but the difference is also the time that uh, remains uh, in the bottle more for the Vico crew because now we are the release of the classical red is 2019 the Vico crew 2016 so you can imagine but the vinification it's it's really simple very similar okay because the great difference uh, is uh, the bottle and also the the one year no other stuff because we don't do uh, so much in uh, in the winery as you know. Of course. So how many bottles uh, do you produce of uh, of Vico, for example? Okay, I'm a small and producer. How is the distribution? How yeah. many bottles in overall do you produce? Yeah, the, the max, I produce around 50,000 or 60,000 miles bottle in total. Uh, the Vico crew, just a very limited uh, selection, around 3,000 or 5,000 miles, depends on the vintages. For example, the 2013, that uh, here in Sicily was uh, rainy and humid, I produced 3,000 miles. The 2014, that uh, in Sicily was almost perfect, a little bit cold, very different from the other part of Italy, as you know. Uh, I have produced... Yeah. 5,000 miles. Yes, Vietna is uh, another world. Uh, the, the, the vintages are very different also from Italy. Mm, nothing I is heard, the same. I heard that you use the uh, expression uh, that Etna is island in island, right? Yes, yes. Because uh, uh, someone told me, ah, Sicilian wine, you produce Sicilian wine, it's very good. Okay, Etna but is another world. Very different, different. Um, also not only with Sicily, but also in Vietnam, we are different. Oh, the biodiversity in our area is incredible and is a big value for all the producers in every yes. side of Mount Etna. Yes, this is great. And uh, I noticed that you you are producing uh, your your wines are certified organic. Uh, could you motivate your choice? Uh, yeah. Yes, yes. My wines are all organic certified, but from two thousand and seventeen on the label, um, because the three year uh, years before we were in conversion to have the certification. But uh, mm, sincerely, um, we are very lucky on, on Mount Etna because, for example, fungal tax are very, very limited and uh, consequently the, the treatments in the one yard were uh, reduced to the minimum. Mm, in general, I think that uh, you can, today, you cannot make wine without 
helping to preserve and protect uh, responsibly the environment for us and also for uh, for the future generation. Um, today, uh, make organic wine, I think, is a priority issue, priority matter to the environment. Is the base. Yes. Uh, I think we have to be more uh, cautious about our planet and uh, about that, what we are drinking and eating. So I totally agree with you. And I know that uh, I heard that it's very difficult uh, to obtain organic certification because the Italian bureaucracy is really tough, right? So it's another challenge. Yeah, it's another challenge. So many, uh, so many um, time. Three years in conversion, also very big uh, check every year for have the certificate, the certification to have the certification. So it's not so easy. Um, Could you tell us? Could you tell us a bit uh, about all those contradas in in at on Etna? Because maybe not everybody knows, but I remember when I visited Etna, it's it was Im- impressive that Etna is so uh, complex, so rich. Uh, you have all those contradas. How many there are? One hundred and thirty-three curling yes, exactly. around the volcano. Yes, exactly. And is it? Can we uh, say that? Contradas, they are kind of MGAs, like it would be Menciona Geografica Juntiva, like in, in Piedmont. Do you think it's a future for it now? Would it be useful to to get a recognition to, yeah, to all those different um, parts of Etna? Mm. Districts, Contradas and all those richness of, of, of terroir? What do you think about it? What is your uh, opinion about this? Yeah, mm, well, this is a very difficult issue, I think, this time. But uh, yes, I I support the MGA. I think there um, is a future for for Etna and also a great potential for Etna wines. But uh, simply because uh, the territory says so. We are not uh, doing nothing. It's, it's just the territory. It's not uh, a preset zonation, but we have the contrada that we can call also the main or village that's identifying the most dedicated area, like Barbaresco, for example, not like uh, Barolo, because there we have La Mora, for example, other stuff. But uh, Barolo is like non Passo Pisciaro. That is one of the seven fractions of uh, Castiglione di Sicilia. But the contradas are, are really, really important today. And I think all the producers are, are working this way. It's a, it's a great potential for the Etna. Hello? Okay. I'm hearing you. Sorry, I, I lost you. Okay, I'm here. So, uh, so you, want- you have... Your, your could you tell us about your specific uh, uh, or, or about your contradas where the, your uh, vineyards are located? Okay, um, as I told you, we are on the northern side of uh, of Mount Etna. Uh, the contrada are in uh, Castiglione di Sicilia, uh, the municipality of Castiglione di Sicilia. In uh, Passo Pisciaro, 
we have the Contrada Santo Spirito. The little town of Passo Bisharo is uh, more than 750 meters above sea level. And the other Contradas is also inside Castiglione di Sicilia, but in the fraction of uh, Piano de, uh, of uh, Solicchiata in Piano dei Daini, the Contrada, the names of the Contrada is Piano dei Daini, that is um, lower in altitude, but is all inside the municipality of Castiglione di Sicilia. It's a little bit complicated, but not so, <laughs> so impossible. Uh, but do you think it's, um, it would be useful uh, to, uh, for Etna for wine growers to kind of underline and emphasize their specific uh, contradas and locations of the vineyards? Or do you think it could be a bit, it's maybe a tricky question, so my apologies, or maybe it could be a bit uh, confusing for, for the wine consumers? Um, uh, I know it's it's difficult, but simply, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> but it's simply because is uh, the, the territory say so, and also, uh, for example, inside my uh, the, the one yard in uh, Santo Spirito, I know that in the same one yard there are different and dedicated area to make uh, wines. For example, I choose the a part to make the reds, another part to make. Uh, um, rosé, because also inside a one yard there are so many differences, uh, because of uh, so many differences. So the contradas are really, really important. Uh, you can imagine, no, uh, with uh, our reds. My reds in Piano di Daini is different from my reds in uh, Santo Spirito. Are good, are wonderful, are Etna, but really different. Uh, because the soil is different, the exposition is different, so the, the zonation is really important on Etna, really, really important. And uh, the producers, uh, uh, we have to, to communicate in the correct way this richness. Yeah, I totally agree. It's kind of a puzzle, Etna, Etna different locations, but it's so amazing and, and really... Uh, Fantastic to try all those Etna wines and to, to feel it, this terroir in the glass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, as uh, your rosé, it's, it's really interesting. It's really special. What do you think about the rosé wines? They are still kind of niche, but what about Etna rosés? Oh, Did you notice uh, growing interest and requests uh, from uh, wi- uh, wine yes. importers in, in rosé wines uh, from Etna? Yes, slowly, slowly, because uh, the importers abroad, uh, the first things they ask, white and Etna red. They, are, they don't look uh, for the Etna rosé when you start. But when they taste it, they they was uh, they, they are very very su- surprised. I think the rosé is a milestone on Mount Etna. We have beautiful rosé with different characteristics, with great potential uh, of uh, aging, uh, light rosé with great acidity. Mm. I trust on rosé of, of of Mount Etna. I think it's a one of the best area for rosé in Italy that yeah, uh, yeah so. we are going to discover now slow but uh, now everyone 
in Italy knows that Narose. Yeah, because it's so characteristic. It's so different and very intriguing uh, comparing to different roses from different parts of uh, of uh, Italy. Personally, yeah. I like roses and I'm also happy that uh, people start to drink more rosé. And in fact, uh, in a few days, there will be a very interesting event, uh, Drink Pink in Sicily exactly about Rose's uh, wise and uh, do you participate also yes with your uh, with your rose yeah oh, i participate nice, with my rose 2019 crazy okay but just to know the potential <clears throat> and communicate the potential it's a good occasion for us there's a on that elegant uh, light but with a great character and uh, I think the rosé wine are not just uh, mm, seasonal wine. I can say that it's seasonal. Of course, but, yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm, <laughs> like a spring but, wine or summer wine only. Yeah, that's it. not at all. Not at all. Are really, really, really good and interesting. It's it's another world. It's another world to know, and uh, and yet the rosé are very interesting. Very, very interesting. Because every I producer, totally yeah, has a different style. And, and this uh, is once again amazing thing about Etna because you have all this richness uh, of the of the, of different terroirs and everything is expressed in in the glass of wine. So at least for me, it's very exciting. Yes, and we uh, and you have to to know and discover more and more and more. And the, the contradas, the different areas of the dock. Uh, we have so many things to do, and uh, you had so many things to discover uh, on our terroir. I can't wait. <laughs> I hope that that Etna will will grow every year, and everybody will be able to, and we'll have a chance to 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 try Etna wines. There are so many, so many lovely wines to to try. But uh, I didn't ask you. And you have very uh, original, very intriguing label. Could you tell us a bit, a bit uh, about your label? Because it's a, it's a kind of volcano, volcanic cone, and uh, and yes, and leaves. Yes, I presume that. I presume that it's a, a it's a woman lips. Could you could you describe your label and the idea yes. behind this? Yes, of course. The the label is the same for all the my four wines, but different color. <clears throat> it's it's really simple. It's the the volcano in black, and uh, the flame of the volcano are the lips of the taste of Mount Etna. I choose the lips because Etna for us, for Sicilian, is a woman, uh, is like a mother. Also because I'm the producer, I work with my sister, and uh, there are so many local women that take care about the vines like kids. We have just uh, ladies that take care uh, about the vines during the year, just local local people. These are tradition on Mantetna. So for the white, for example, the lips are in uh, in yellow. For the rosé and pink, the reds, the first red, so red. And for the Vico crew are uh, are blue uh, because the Vico is more intense. It's uh, another things more different. No, 
more uh, deeper. And so I chose of the course. blue. Yeah. Okay. But the um, feminine uh, way, it's uh, really, really strong on my death now. Uh, but, but by the way, we are talking about women, but um, could you uh, could you uh, could you say uh, something about uh, another person? As far as I understood, behind the labels, uh, you have your your sister who is helping you. You are two women, so power women, harvest uh, made by women. This is great. Yes. Yes, yes. But on Etna, there are so many uh, producers, um, women, women producers. Um, there is a good moment for women in the, in the wine industry and also in Sicily too. We have uh, local women that produce wine, but also some good producers from abroad that choose the Etna territory to make wines. It's really, really interesting also this point of view. And the style of uh, in the wine of the women, and in fact, the wine industry is still are dominated by men. Do you think it's still difficult to make wine being a woman, or um, is it still lots of discrimination on in Italian wine world, or it's but, if you want to produce wine uh, to make wine, you, there is no gender. What do you think about it? Um, I'm confident that will be um, a turnaround in, in, in the near future um, as well. But uh, the most important things today, I think that gender doesn't make a difference to make a good wine. So uh, on the Etna, at the moment, there are many women, but it, that, you know, I would like that when we talk about wine, we don't talk about gender, but good wine. Of course. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I have a last question, because now everybody um, start to, to talk about the influence uh, on vineyards around the world uh, of the global warming. Uh, does a global mm -hmm. warming affect in some way at the vineyards? And what effects, in your opinion, the global war, uh, warming could have on, on the wine production on Etna slopes? Mm -hmm. Okay, I can talk about uh, the, my side. Mm, the, 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 very, the, the global warming effects are mm, very strong and important in the wine production. But uh, at the moment, uh, on my side, that is uh, the colder area of the Etna, uh, is more evident the violence of the natural events. Uh, for example, unexpected hail or dramatic uh, rainstorms that can have uh, disastrous effects on the vineyards, as you know. But uh, until today, we have uh, warm or tor and torrid vintages or cold, um, like the same. For example, 2017 was really warm and torrid. 2018 was uh, rainy. But uh, fortunately, for example, in the rain, with rain, the volcanic soil is very, very drained and, uh, and we can uh, uh, manage this, this problem. But the difference is in the violence of natural events. This is, this, yes, definitely. So. So th this is a, another a positive uh, side of uh, of making uh, wines on Etna. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, so thank you for uh, for for the chat and for all um, all those information about amazing Etna. I finished with my questions. I hope that I I didn't annoy you guys. No. Uh, thank you, Sophia, to 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 just to, to to have a chat and time to speak about your wines. Sorry for my pleasure. English. <laughs> no worries, my English is not okay. also. Ideal, but I hope guys you understood us. Yeah, so, I too. So that's thank it. You. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, for his hi, everybody. That was a that was a wonderful chat. Um, you again? <laughs> yeah, I feel like you didn't get uh, you didn't get through all your questions because you had so much to ask. But I would love to open the floor for questions, but we are just out of time. So as I always say. If there are any questions, then please feel free to email me at info at italianwinepodcast.com and I will forward any and all questions, okay? Yeah, I think uh, that will work and then, you know, I can just do it that way. I I appreciate it very much, both of you. Um, And uh, Laika, is there anything you wanted to add before I uh, sign off for the evening? Yeah. Um, hi. So for to, uh, so we're gonna have another clubhouse. Um, it's gonna be on Thursday. Um, so Hugh Priest is coming back for another interview. Um, so to, for this Thursday, he's going to be interviewing um, Benjamino D'Agostino. So watch that out. So that's it. Thank you so much, everyone. Thanks. Thank you, Monica. Thank, Thank you, Sophia. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you guys. Have a good evening. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to this episode of Italian Wine Podcast, brought to you by Vinitali Academy, home of the gold standard of Italian wine education. Do you want to be the next ambassador? Apply online at vinitaliinternational.com for courses in London, Austria, and Hong Kong the 27th to the 29th of July. Remember to subscribe and like Italian Wine Podcast and catch us on SoundCloud, Spotify, and wherever you get your pods. You can also find our entire back catalog of episodes at italianwinepodcast.com. guys, I'm Joy Livingston and I am the producer of the Italian Wine Podcast. Thank you for listening. We are the only wine podcast that has been doing a daily show since the pandemic began. This is a labor of love and we are committed to bringing you free content every day. Of course, this takes time and effort, not to mention the cost of equipment, production and editing. We would be grateful for your donations, suggestions, requests and ideas. For more information on how to get in touch, go to italianwinepodcast.com.